Hey everyone, it's your host of See Jurassic Right, Stephen Ray Morris here, just dropping in to say, I hope you've been enjoying all the new episodes in 2023 and 2024 so far. There are new interviews with filmmakers, musicians, scientists, the screenwriter of Land Before Time, audio essays about the rich history of the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World franchise, and all the news about the upcoming animated show Jurassic World Chaos Theory and the as-of-yet untitled Jurassic World sequel coming next summer. I really need your help supporting the show right now, and you can do that by leaving a tip and or giving a monthly follow on Patreon, patreon.com slash There are $1 and $5 tiers, but more is coming. Sharing the show, giving five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts, and liking and commenting on social, at Stephen Ray Morris on Instagram and Twitter, goes a long way to help boosting the show's visibility again online in this new era. I'm an independent podcaster and your support is so important and means the world to me in keeping this podcast running. Link to the Patreon is in the show notes. Hold on to your butts. Thank you. And now on to the show. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey everyone, Steve Marie Morris here with a quick See Jurassic Right contest announcement. That's right. I'm doing another contest. I partnered with Bullseye Toy to bring you basically an assorted pack of the three products. They're light-ups, which are these cute little uh, dinosaur flashlight things that you click on. Um, they're dog tags, which they even have like some costume ones if you get the rare ones. Um, and trading cards, which are super badass and contain a lot of like unseen imagery from Fallen Kingdom and stuff. So I'm super excited to give away three little prize packs of, of you know, these products and stuff, um, by the way, which you can all get at Target. So, you know, I love them. What I want to know is what new dinosaur that's never been seen on screen in a previous Jurassic film. What new dinosaur do you want to see in the upcoming Jurassic World 3 in 2021? So all you have to do is go on Instagram or Twitter, either or you need to be following either or. And basically, I will have a post where you, it's going to have all this stuff rewritten down. So you don't need to remember. All you need to do is go to either one of those social media, uh, follow them, and then check out the post that says, hey, what new dinosaur would you like to see in the upcoming Jurassic World 3? All you have to do is comment on there, basically saying what, you know, what new dinosaur, again, to reiterate, what new dinosaur do you want to see? Um, and then you'll be entered into a giveaway. And I'm going to announce these winners on the next mini-sode. So 
It's going to be easy. One entry per person. International is good. So that's all you need to know. Again, all you have to do is when this episode drops, just go to either see Jurassic Red on Instagram, SJRPod on Twitter. You'll see the post. You'll see the rules. And you can go tell me what new dinosaur you want to see in Jurassic World 3. So now let's listen to the final episode in season one of See Jurassic Right. Hey Steven, it's Michelle. So my biggest thing that I want to see in Jurassic World is like a whole get together of everyone who's ever been in a Jurassic Park movie. Like I just want little cameos here and there. Like none of them have to actually have big parts except for Dr. Malcolm. I need more Jeff Goldblum in my life, of course. But like Alan Grant, I just want him to be chilling by a pool, drinking a margarita. And then a dinosaur will just walk right in front of him and he'll be like, nope, this is not my fucking job anymore. I'm done. I don't want to do this. Yeah, I just want everyone to, like, kind of get involved. Um, I think, I personally think this might be the last Jurassic Park, Jurassic World movie. I don't know. Probably it will be. And if it is, I just think that it's important that everyone kind of, like, gets one little cameo, you know? Yeah, in terms of actual storyline, I have no idea where they're going with it. I think maybe they're getting a little Black Mirror with it. Might turn it into, like, this whole big thing where dinosaurs and humans are pals. I don't fucking know. But yeah, the most important thing is cameos for me. And I thought the last movie was pretty hilarious. And I loved having Dr. Malcolm in it. And I would love to see more. Filled with odd fright, see Jurassic right, bathed in ember light, see Jurassic right, see Jurassic right, 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 see Jurassic right, 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 see Jurassic right, 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 see Jurassic right, see Jurassic right, see Jurassic Park. Welcome back to See Jurassic Right, a podcast about Jurassic Park and you. I'm your host, Stephen Ray Morris, and today we wrap up season one of the podcast with a discussion surrounding Jurassic World 3 and beyond. But more than that, we take a look at what makes our obsessions tick, why we love what we love, and the fun and sometimes anguish we feel with each new release in our favorite franchises. Comedian and performer Michelle Oddish's call is emblematic of the overarching mood right now since the release of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom just this past June. The park is gone, the hype is reset, and our anticipation is starting all over again. It's time for contemplation and reflection. Honestly, this past Jurassic June was one for the history books, and I feel so very lucky I got to celebrate it with so many of my friends. See episode 14. We've had you on before. This is your glorious return. You're going to like close it out. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I mean, technically the first episode was... Feels like a lot of pressure. The, uh, the first episode was all me, so, you know. But that doesn't <laughs> You <count>. only. <laughs> to me, it's like the first real episode was when like you were... Where we did all the JP facts and That stuff. was so long ago. When it, was that? <laughs> that was, I think, like March like of 2017. Like 12 years ago? 12. Oh. <laughs> 
That was like, yeah, like March or April of 2017. Oh, back before I was 30. (laughs) The dark days. I barely remember those days. One of those friends I got to celebrate it with was writer Heather Mason. Not only did she appear quite prominently way back in episode two, as we mentioned, but she was all over season one and someone I thought would be fun to chat with as we navigate the landscape of our own fandom for not only Jurassic Park, but blockbuster franchises in general. After the high of Fallen Kingdom, what's next? Well, I liked Fallen Kingdom a lot better than I liked Jurassic World. Um, it was also like, I was kind of shocked by how like scary moments there were. Like the people behind me like gasped and like jumped and I was like, whoa, (laughs) um, which was kind of cool because I wasn't expecting that. It definitely, I don't know. It felt like it had a different vibe than Jurassic World, like a whole different, like I was into it from the beginning. Um, the, the mansion where they were running around seemed like really huge and they it was like a castle because yeah. like whenever the dinosaurs would be like perching on it I was like oh it's like a dragon and we're like in Game of Thrones now um, oh yeah totally no, yeah. and like the, the small child like the bedroom scene where the small child's in the bed and it like creeps down was terrifying <laughs> like that part was definitely the part that I was the most scared at um, I mean not necessarily scared but it was a lot of suspense. Yeah. Yeah, I feel... Well, those are the people that are excited to see it. So I always like to do opening night ones. And it did seem like, even on online, like before I went, which I tried to avoid, but even just seeing, like, you know, you see people's tweets that are like, it's really fun, it's great. Like, I, I saw more, like, positive reactions in general Yeah. to the movie. And it seemed like everybody in that theater, like I said, the people behind me, like, jumped multiple times when things were scary or, like, jumped out at them. And so I think overall it seemed like there was positive reactions. Yeah. Like I don't feel like I saw a lot of negative negativity. Sure, yeah. It's it's not dominating the conversation as much as like the first one did, you know, or like personally for me where it's like I I feel less reserved about just being like, oh, I love this movie. Whereas like Jurassic World, it's like I have to qualify it a few times, you know? <laughs> and that's, a, you know, and that's the conversation that we always have about like the stuff that we like where it's like, you know, I think even before when I was wanting you to come back on, was like X-Files is like a good example oh, yeah. of like, you've made it through another round of like being excited for this thing. I want to love it. It's going to be amazing. Or, oh, oh, fuck, the trailers look like shit. Like, <laughs> this looks awful. This is not going to be what I want. And like... Yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting to think of like now is this time where it's like, okay, like if you didn't like this thing, what are the next steps for you like going into this last season of X-Files and then coming out? Like where are you at? Well, I have this hat that says make the X-Files great again. (laughs) And I feel like that's where I was at after the end of season 10 or whatever we want to call it. I think they, I mean, let's just call it season 10. Yeah, it's it's the revival part two. It's so hard because now they're like rebooting everything or or bringing a lot of things back that have so you, so people have this like massive history with with everything like oh like they brought back Gilmore Girls and they did like four four more like episodes and then they bring back like Charmed and they're bringing back Roswell they're bringing back all these things that people have like long histories with Elf. so it's really so it's really hard to like yeah I feel like it's a good question that you have to bring into everything is like can this new thing like ruin your memories of old things and for the x-files it didn't really i mean i hadn't i haven't been like in love with the x-files since i was a child so it's a little it's probably a little different than somebody who like has loved jurassic park their entire life but but, but i think it's a good analog i think x-files actually that i think about it is actually a pretty good analog for 
in some ways to Jurassic Park because it's that thing where like when you think about X-Files, it's like those first couple seasons like are definitely much more beloved, you know, probably up through like season five or six. Yeah. You know, and almost thinking about that as like that's the original Jurassic Park. But like like Jurassic Park and X-Files, we've also had to deal with like not liking a lot of stuff for a long time. You know, people being disappointed in Lost World and Jurassic Park 3 and Jurassic World, but it's like you still persist. And so it's like yeah. that thing of like what makes you to me, I'm like, what what makes people want to keep because again, it's like even if people didn't like Fallen Kingdom, like they're still being like, well, now I'm hoping for more like like you know, they're they're like already moving on and like, well, I'm gonna hope for better next time. You know, is is that similar with X Files? Or are you just like this that broke the did it like break the camel's back, so to speak, or whatever for you this last season? Well, this I liked this last season a lot better. Oh, really? Okay. Like season Overall. eleven, season eleven, I thought was a lot better than season ten, and but I don't want them to do any more X Files yeah. <laughs> because I just think there's like there's such a fine line between wanting them to do more of something you love and also just like you can't keep everything going on like in real life. You can't. Nothing can go on forever. Yeah. And so it's more about like ending something. There's there's like definitely something to two things having like a beginning middle and end and if if the idea is you can keep going forever then it makes it i don't know i feel like it makes it a little less special when you're when you're actually watching it like i mean at the end of season 10 of the x-files i wanted there to be more because it was terrible (laughs) and i was like you can't end it like this you wanted some redemption yeah i honestly if they had just done a movie or like one hour just to like close everything up like and just be like here's the finale Mulder and scully right off into the sunset and they love each other and whatever then i would have been okay like if something can have like an actual real ending i'm okay with it having an actual ending but like like i don't know that like for fallen kingdom if that was the last if that's the last Jurassic park movie i'd be a little disappointed just because i'm like they just let all these dinosaurs out like what's the next step well, yeah, and but I, I think in some ways, I think a lot of people, even if they didn't like Fallen Kingdom, that ending is almost like the best part of the movie in a way. And so I think for a lot of people, it's like whatever problems you had with these, you know, these this kind of revival trilogy, it's like it's like there's that last little thing where you're like, well, like like the end of season ten, we're like, well, maybe the, like maybe the next one will be better because it's like, yeah, it, it, that's true. I mean, maybe I think maybe the difference with like the ending of season ten of X Files is that it was so bad that you were just like, please let's get another shot at this. Versus, I think for a lot of people, Fallen Kingdom just kind of opens the doors to new possibilities. Yeah, and we've talked about before with Star Wars because at the end of the Last Jedi, they definitely like blew everything open. Yeah, and I. I was kind of like whatever about them making more Star Wars in the beginning. Like, sure, I'm happy about it. But also if they had never made another Star Wars movie, I'd be okay. Um, But like after that, I'm like, well, they have to keep going. (laughs) Like I can't, they can't, like even if they hadn't planned on making another one after Last Jedi, they couldn't just stop there. Yeah. Like now I want to know what happens because they blew everything open. Yeah. So it's, it, I feel like it kind of depends on, on how, how things are ended or, or like if they leave it so that they're going to go somewhere new, but if they had ended Fallen Kingdom in the same way that they end, you know, everything where it's just like, Oh, now we got the dinosaurs back under control. Yeah. Like maybe I wouldn't care if they did another one. Yeah. No. And I think, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I feel like the last Jedi and Fallen Kingdom have a lot of things in common because they kind of like, you know, uh, let the past die kind of 
you know, kill it if you have to kind of thing. Like both very similar in that sense. They both have lightsabers. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> Blue had a lightsaber. I, I've talked before about on this podcast, like I'm not very detail oriented, so I don't notice continuity errors. I don't notice, you know, oh, like the location of the lagoon doesn't make sense or, you know, or whatever, like in these very specific continuity things in Fallen Kingdom, like I really don't notice them when I'm watching them. Like I'm right. You shouldn't. If you do, that's a problem. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, some people, but I mean, that's some people really get enjoyment from that of like calling out those things. Like, you know, it's very, you know, that's, you know, for some people that is part of the fun of the thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I, it's not for me, but like, and it's just a thing of, um, yeah, like I, yeah. So I don't, so for me is, I guess it's like, I don't know what it would have taken for me to be disappointed in Fallen Kingdom on a very like fundamental level you know where it's like i'm very glad that i enjoyed it because i do a podcast about jurassic park so it'd be very hard to like really hate a movie and then still want to do it but but that's the thing it's like i feel like if you really fundamentally i mean i guess that's what all these like star wars fans are going through who are like wrong but you know like uh but who don't like it it's like i just wonder what that must feel like of of you fundamentally not liking this thing that you've invested like all this time in yeah. I don't know. I don't know what well, that means. I, there are very few things that I just outright hate. But I definitely the like the whole thing with season 10 of X-Files is like I didn't I thought it was bad and I didn't like it. I mean there were parts I like I thought were fine. Episode 3. But mostly maybe. yeah, episode 3 was like enjoyable. Yeah. And there were like a couple other th- moments that I was like, "Oh, this was a great moment." But mostly I then just wanted it to be better. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to never watch X-Files again. Yeah. I was mostly just like, if they're going to do this again, then they need to make it better. Yeah. And they need to bring in like fresh perspective and like actually try take yeah. to like take criticism and like make it and actually listen to it because sometimes people would, won't do that. Yeah. So if they're willing to, so they're willing to do that. That's mostly how I felt. I wasn't like. I'm oh I'm done with X Files. Yeah, I mean I think there are people who were. Oh for sure, yeah. <laughs> but I I was like, uh, who am I kidding? If they do more X Files, I'm gonna watch it. And if they did more X Files now, which they're probably not ever going to. Yeah. But if they did, I would still watch it. Like I'm not gonna. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you just wonder what your role is in in it in that sense of like, because I think we're both very, um, you know, willing to talk about the things that we don't like about something as well too. You know. Well, if you but, yeah, because if you like something, you like a lot of times you just want it to be better and you can criticize it and that doesn't mean you don't love it. Yeah. <laughs> it just means that you, you like hope for more. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I guess just for me, it's like, where is that point of hoping for more with what you can actually do as a fan, you know, and then, and then at what point are you done? Like, what's the moment where you, you know, you, you know, you, hang up the hat you take down the like Mulder and Scully poster you know like just imagine like me like sweeping all my dinos in a box you know and just like putting them out on the sidewalk like I feel like if it made your life the the like point for me would be like if if I was so angry or like so upset with the X-Files that it made my like actual life difficult to live yeah then I would be like okay well I have to stop doing this like this is clearly like toxic for me J. Bayona's Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom 
was nothing short of amazing to me. It felt like a breath of fresh air in the Jurassic franchise and made it feel new again. But no film is perfect, and what we want out of future installments is greatly informed by what came before, what's still missing, and things we wanted to be indulged by. What do we know about Jurassic World 3? Set to be released June 11, 2021, it'll see filmmaker Colin Trevorrow returning to the director's chair with a script by Emily Carmichael and himself. Beyond that, we've heard tantalizing promises of a return to hard science and the declaration of no hybrids. Navigating this info and our hopes and desires, I talked to many past guests, including Collider's Perry Nimiroff, filmmaker Ash Blodgett, performer Luce Tomlin-Brenner, and musician and artist Dax Schaefer. And I'll be featuring calls by Jurassic Outpost Chris Pugh, squid biologist Sarah McNulty, friend Lauren Ho, and Nick, a.k.a. Ya Boy Jurassic. I guess, what do you know about Jurassic World 3 so um, far? Not not very much, except for the fact that uh, Bayona is not going to continue on as director and Colin Trevorrow is coming back. But as far as the story goes, I mean, it's really just been pretty vague quotes from them that, you know, the plan, of course, the plan is to make more movies. But, you know, when we were discussing the fact that Trevorrow is coming back, between the two of them, my instinct yeah. is to lean towards Bayona, but... You know, Colin Trevorrow, even though he's not directing this movie, and, you know, I'm sure his involvement in Star Wars complicated whether or not he was able to direct uh, this second movie, but he's been involved. He's been involved since the beginning of this new iteration of the series, and if that's the person they want directing number three, I'm going to have all the faith in the world that that is the case, and... I'm also, based on the material that I'm seeing more of right now, I'm thinking that we might be in a situation where Jurassic 2 speaks to Bayona's sensibilities more so than what they're planning to do in Jurassic 3. So, you know, for all I know, and this is this is really just me guessing at this point. Yeah, because we bringing, haven't seen Fallen exactly, Kingdom, so we don't know. Yeah, Bringing up the stuff I saw in the trailer with the auction in the mansion, that to me speaks to, especially when you think of a movie like The Orphanage with, uh, with Bayona's uh, track record there, that to me suggests, you know, like, closer quarters, horror, darker, whereas if Trevorrow is coming back, maybe they're going to open up the world again and we're going to get, you know, even bigger set pieces and get back outside kind of thing. Yeah. But I I'm just kind of waiting to see. I'm curious to see after I watch the new movie, yeah. you know, what, what the little button they leave me with at the end is. So Come it's almost like the Star the Star Wars reboot where it's like JJ's coming back. Exactly. You know? yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, huh. uh, and we know that it comes out June 11th, 2021. Oh my God, that's so far away. So they haven't even shot anything. No, no, no. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, Emily Carmichael was at JP25. Oh, okay. I spotted her, but I didn't recognize her until I saw her Instagram story later. And I was like, oh, that's who I saw. Oh, shoot. But um, yeah, but she on her Instagram story was like, we've just started writing it like a month ago. Like we're basically in the middle of writing the, like, the first draft oh, wow. of the script. So it's like. So it's a ways. Yeah, yeah, it's not even anything. And then obviously everybody keeps thinking that Laura Dern's going to come back because. That'd be amazing. Jeff Goldblum is being like, mm -hmm. I don't know, everyone. I mean, again, it's that thing of like, is it really news or are people just being hopeful? Right. Like Do no we... negotiations have been made. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. or maybe they have, but we don't know. But like. Yeah. Is Jeff Goldblum going to be in this the third one? Do we? Yeah, know? we don't know about that. Oh, either. okay. But that's the thing. Yeah, it's like it's it's so vague right now. 
What if he pulls a Harrison? He's like, look, I'll come back, but you got to kill me really cool. Like, yeah, you at know? the end of JW3. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That would, that, I would like that because. I would like that too. Rather than kill him in this one or something like that. You yeah. Know? And again, he's just like, well, I found a way as he's like dying. <laughs> like flips off something. the T-Rex as yeah. it like steps on him. No, you have to get eaten. You can't get stepped on. Getting stepped on by a dinosaur is like yeah, a chump move. No. It's like that guy Carter in The Lost World where he's like, bah! Yeah. Like, like the T-Rex like steps on him. Yeah. It's lame. Or you don't want to be like Zara and just get like gulp. And I saw a picture. I don't know if you posted it. This is such a dumb thing to be excited about. But I saw this picture of like the um, Margaritaville all like destroyed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know why, but that made me really excited. It's yeah, such a silly that made thing. me too. Yeah. But I, I love that that idea any idea of them like seeing this destroyed theme park that really does pique my interest for sure yeah no i got really excited when yeah when i saw that when even Frank if Marshall. it's just like a promo photo and it's not even in the movie yeah. it's still really funny yeah <laughs> i know it'd be amazing if like yeah jimmy buffett did something well he was in the first one yeah right? yeah yeah, yeah. It's margarita man yeah. if he like came back he's like oh my margarita chef <laughs> <laughs> he's just like he's just like trapped in the island he's just been surviving off on of, margaritas like, yeah he's just like so wasted on all yes. the stock of tequila that's like still left over Ooh, but that would be really interesting what if there was like almost a jumanji-esque element of like somebody who got left on the island who's been surviving that would be really cool that would actually be pretty that would be another story element that you could draw from that i they haven't done yeah. as the franchise because it's like people come to the island you know the closest was um uh eric kirby who was on the island for like eight weeks you know mm. before he was rescued you know in jurassic mm-hmm. park three like yeah that's the longest somebody survived on the island without yeah something happening or on a island with dinosaurs It'd be it'd be really interesting. It could even be like you know a movie in between these movies of when they start doing surviving. like side stories like Solo or like, yeah exactly like one. yeah <laughs> this guy who survives on. I mean, when I was a kid, I wrote I started to write a fan fiction of what if they did a, a season of Survivor on one of the islands. <laughs> That's it was so early. great! Oh my god! This was like you could tell when I wrote it when I was like thirteen or fourteen. It was like when Survivor was like at its yeah. peak popularity, like yeah. Thursday nights at eight, like Survivor, like outwit, oh outlast, outplay. Like, pff, like, do you believe that show's still on the air? That's insane. It's so crazy. That's like anything where it's like, oh yeah, this thing's been on longer than when we liked it. Yeah, like that it's kind nuts. of stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, but Survivor Dinosaur is so I great. still think it's a I good idea. I think we should write a sketch and, and like a that. Game show. Yeah, like, we should do that. That would be really fun. Let's do it. Hey, Steven. It's Chris Pugh, or uh, Chris Likes Dinosaurs from Twitter. I decided to give a call in, considering you're talking about a Jurassic World 3 and ideal Jurassic Park films. With Fallen Kingdom, I felt that it was a little bit too much of an action movie, and I felt that the motivations behind the scenes, the characters, the dinosaurs, um, and the story itself all needed a lot more love. So, um, first and foremost, dinosaurs are animals, not monsters. Now, you can have the debate about them being made in the lab, but the reality is we're watching these movies for one of the reasons is it's a dinosaur movie. So let them be real dinosaurs. Yes, the background information about why they look a little bit different is because they're genetically engineered. But let's let them be animals. Um, It's really what makes them so amazing is we get a glimpse of what if these animals were alive in our world today. So first of all, I'd like them to act a little bit less like monsters or or serve the set pieces and scenes a little less. Um, Just let the scenes develop develop naturally. Um, Let the animals find a motivation that in 
instinctually drives their behavior. Not find a way to make the scene look as cool as possible, but rather find a way that it plays out in a way that is both rewarding as a viewer to watch, but also natural. Uh, let, let the animal's instinctual drives help build and grow the scene as it unfolds in the drama. Um, as for the story itself, I hope it's a little bit more involved, has a little less action, um, or there could be plenty of action, but I hope that it relies more heavily on the rules of our world. You know, not necessarily shooting guns underwater, penetrating the gyrosphere, outrunning pyroclastic flow, doing action hero roles, or maybe not having so much comedy in the middle of really tense scenes out of nowhere. It's a little bit of whiplash. I would like the movie to kind of feel a little bit more real. You can still have that sense of adventure. Jurassic Park certainly does. And I think that that's something that I really personally just want to focus on. I think that what makes a lot more sense is figuring out how that genetic technology can be used for the betterment of humanity and also the greed of a corporation. So, what types of experiments can be done on dinosaurs? What can be discovered from those experiments? And how can it be manipulated in our world today? And of course, with human cloning, how does this technology continue to expand across the forefront of the world? Finally, for the dinosaurs free, I think we need to find a good reason for them to be all over the world because there are only a few at the end of Fallen Kingdom. But if we see the way these animals act as invasive species, slowly taking over the world as apex predators, not obviously post-apocalyptic, but impacting our, our, our ecosystem, I think that it could be a really, really fascinating movie about adaptation, the, the effects of genetic technology, the effects of human greed. Hey, Stephen Marywell. I'm Sarah McNulty. I'm a squid biologist. I was on your friend Allie Ward's podcast, Ologies, and I've come to tell you about what I want out of Jurassic Park 3. Um, I would like there to be uh, no genetically modified animals whatsoever, uh, except for like the frog DNA nonsense, because I think we can't avoid that at this point. I would like to keep Chris Pratt. Uh, I would like there to be no high heels in the entire movie, especially while running. Um, and I would like some cephalopods in the movie. There are a lot of super cool uh, cephalopods that were living during uh, the time that dinosaurs were alive. So I would like to see some of those in the water scene. Um, and I would like some feminism jokes because we had some good feminism jokes in the original. And I would like to bring that back, uh, especially since the first one kind of disappointed me in the feminist seat. Jurassic Park, Viva Rock Vegas. Uh <laughs> I think I think we're in for a road trip comedy where Owen and Claire have to travel the country with a with a rope and they've <laughs> got to catch each dinosaur get them in a cage you know they're going to take them to a new island and uh and that's going to be the plot is that they need to they need to wrangle up all the dinosaurs and and somehow get them into a zoo or get them into a um because that would carry forward this theme right in this movie they're all about saving the dinos well now now there's dinosaurs that are just in the real world so i i would think that we'd be trying to do something to amend that i hope that the dinosaurs take manhattan is the next installment (laughs) of uh jurassic world franchise if I was being idealistic, as our friends in the movie are, I, well, the funny thing is that I wanted to be all the dinosaurs in Vegas doing an Ocean's 13 or 14. <laughs> but um, no, I see, I, 
I guess I worry more than I'm excited about it. <laughs> I hate to say that, but I, I worry about it becoming like a rise of the apes and then it's like a war against dinosaurs and I like don't want to see that. I want to continue to see this like animal rights and like what it looks like to have dinosaurs coexisting among humans. Like I, that's ideally, I would love to see this world where it's like somebody wakes up with their morning coffee and they're looking out of their kitchen window and a Brachiosaurus is like eating from the palm tree in their backyard, like it's a deer or something, you know? So I guess that's a movie I want to see, but I worry about it becoming just like um, a violent massacre. I love what we got from this movie. And this is like the Jurassic World movie I wanted when it when the franchise was reinvigorated a few years ago. So I feel like I actually got the movie that I always wanted and I would love to see it, the story continue with Maisie a little older and being like our, our new leader and like what she does as a badass young activist because she's a clone too and she's like the dinosaurs and what, how is she going to save them? Like I wanna see the dinosaurs be saved and protected. I don't wanna see I don't want to see humans die out. I don't want to see the dinosaurs die out. I want us all live happily ever after. People keep theorizing that a title could be like Jurassic World Extinction or something like that. And some people are like, well, you know, like it would be the humans that go extinct and stuff. Um, or, you know, or I'd be like, well, the, the dinosaurs aren't going to go extinct because they just got set out. They just got freed. But I also, yeah, I'm idealistic in that I don't want the humans to go extinct either. I, I feel like as cynical as maybe the initial idea of this story started. I think ultimately there's an idealistic streak in this story. And I think, yeah, that's my hope too, is that dinosaurs and humans learn to live together. Yeah. Well, the fact is we're already so far away from the first movie. There's always like, um, I, like perfectionists uh, who are just like, that movie should have been the only movie, right? And we're the it's out of the box, right? As Mills says... And we can't strive for perfection and Steven Spielbergism anymore. If we're going to just keep plodding along, why not push it into an unreal place where you can also explore more positive themes about taking care of animals in our environment? These are some, if not all, the ingredients our imaginations are serving up for us, but in a world where franchises are the norm, how do they creatively push forward to keep us wanting more? Heather and I discuss. But I wonder, like, because that just got me thinking, like, how you're saying, like, you know, these things can't last forever, but we are living in a time where... Everything does last forever. <laughs> well, but I mean, there's that prospect of, like, are we going to get Star Wars movies for the rest of our life? Like, what does that even look like? I mean, really, the only common modern analog is maybe James Bond. Yeah, I was going to say James Bond. But in in some ways, it's not treated as special. So it's not a big deal if it's changed. And if you don't, if you skip some. And so it's like, what are these like franchises going to do? Because that was something where I've even asked some people just, you know, friends or whatever, like, do you want more movies after do you want more Jurassic Park movies after Jurassic Park three? And it's like, I think most people are like first instinct is to say no, because it's like, well, what's the story? Like, what's the thing? But then on a personal level, I'm like, I just want more dinosaur movies. But does that mean I want more Jurassic Park dinosaur movies? Or do I just want more? Di like The you Meg. Know, yeah, The Meg. <laughs> Giant shark movie. Um, 
you know, it's a mo- just, I'm just going to, in my brain, it's just a, like a, a spinoff for the Mosasaur when yeah. it got set out for free. That's true. It works that way. But yeah, but like you bring up a good point of like, we're in an age where like things could last forever, but what does that even mean for how we consume it? Because does that mean things are going to be less special? And we already saw that a little bit with Star Wars where like some people were like, well, I don't need to see Solo. You know, or like some people are like, oh, I don't need to see Ant-Man and the Wasp or whatever. But it's like, even though Ant-Man and the Wasp is like top, you do. You top to five Marvel <laughs> for me. But um, yeah, like how do we make it a sustainable thing? Like, I mean, even for me, like obviously I grew up loving Jurassic Park, but I would say I probably love it now more than I ever have. But even just that month of like Jurassic June was like almost exhausting. Like yeah. being focused on this one thing. Like, it's very interesting for me just because I think we're both very similar where we like are in fandoms, but I think we have a much more like, I think just working in the industry, I think we have a much more like detached kind of perspective on it a little bit. I don't know. I feel like Marvel is doing it in a way that could, if I was like, oh, I could have Marvel movies the rest of my life, I'd be okay with it because they're all different. Yeah. Like they're each like it doesn't bother me that a new Marvel movie comes out every three months or whatever, because (laughs) I'm like, well, Black Panther was so different than Thor Ragnarok, which was so different than Spider-Man Homecoming. And so I think if people if they're able to do like a different like this, this felt like a different take on like a Jurassic Park movie. And if they're able to keep like reinventing stuff and making new like new things that feel that feel new and aren't just don't feel like a rehash of something that we've seen like a hundred times. Yeah. Then I don't think it's necessarily a problem. Yeah. It's more like if they're not, if they're just like, oh, we're going to keep telling the same story and we're just going to be like, well, anyone will go see it because it's Jurassic Park movie. So we don't even need to like make an effort. Yeah. Then I would be annoyed. Yeah. (laughs) Then I'd be like, no, just stop. Like if you're not going to try to make it good or try to like keep like do something interesting with stories, then that's when you need to stop. Like if you're going to keep doing the same old X-Files and like not even try to like update it or try to make it like something new in this new because like we're in a very different world than we were in like 1993 (laughs) so like we don't need to keep doing the same kind of like weird i mean we could keep doing the same kind of weird x-files thing but also there's so many different things to explore now and if you're just going to try to do like this weird aliens thing again like where like oh weird weird government conspiracy alien dna like We've done that 20 times. Yeah. Like shut down the X-Files again. Okay. Yeah. Like, like if you're just going to keep doing that, then I don't, I don't need more X-Files. Yeah. But if you were going to, if you, if they went like a completely different way in like season 10 and we're trying to do new things, yeah. it would have been, or just better thing. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I mean, that's why I always loved, I loved entertaining the idea of like in a world in, where there's an X-Files where aliens exist and then it's just Mulder and Scully having to do things in that world and how different that would be because it's always about the foreplay of like we almost saw the aliens but like nobody knows you know what I mean there's some good like Mulder Scully fanfic like that oh really okay where it's like oh aliens invaded and now Mulder and Scully are on the run with William (laughs) oh yeah and you're like wow this actually is really interesting like like some of that is better than season 10 (laughs) I'm like, if season 10 had gone this way, we're just like, yeah, like aliens came and now we have to deal with that, then it would have been a lot more interesting. Yeah. Well, and it's, and it speaks to that idea of like, I mean, Jurassic Park, essentially the old, like Fallen Kingdom was like the first real twist on the, cause out of these five movies, 
they're either I, like a park that something goes wrong or somebody needs to be rescued. Yeah. And so like Fallen Kingdom was the first movie to put a slight twist on the plot by having it be the dinosaurs instead of people this time. And so, and then you just wonder with like... Yeah, and it, then most of it took place off the island, yes, yeah. which was also cool. Yes. And it's that thing of like, are these franchises having to do these sort of weird uh, kind of like brush fire clearing <laughs> type movies where it is get it so that they can get the franchise to a point where it molds and changes into something new and interesting. Like it's interesting. Like it, I'm curious if like, that's how every, like, are we going to get a, like a, an alien movie where like it, you know, like it reboots and changes and, you know, so that this franchise can survive into the future or is, or is the Marvel way of just, just making sure that the actual like feeling and tone and style is different enough that you can sort of retell similar stories, but because it's with new characters that are interesting that you can kind of keep it fresh. Yeah. Well, you could do things like, you know, Ghostbusters rebooted or not, I don't know if, what they call it when there's all these different words for it, but like they just had it be all like lady Ghostbusters. And I'm like, well, that's a new take on it. Like there just has to, and they essentially do the same things that the other <laughs> Ghostbusters movie does. Yeah. They're fighting ghosts. Yeah. But like, um, but they took like a new, like a new perspective on it yeah. or like they changed something. Yeah. And I feel like that's what it, it would be like if they remade Ghostbusters, but with the same people or like, Oh, we're just going to have three dudes again. And it's going to be the same. Like no one would have cared. Like yeah. That wouldn't have been interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's why people got tired of superhero origin stories. Yeah. Cause you have like 20 and also like Spider-Man's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they it's did another like uncle Ben dies. <laughs> yeah. And it's that same feeling over. I mean, that's the joke about like, killing batman's parents you know it's yeah. just like over and over and over again and it's like people were like enough you know <laughs> like yeah but if you're gonna go at it a different angle and like have a new like oh like like spider-man homecoming that was different than the others i've like even just in my life of being old enough to go to the movies by myself there's been like three different spider-mans yeah and so which I'm says like, a lot yeah which says a lot because i'm not that old and so the fact that like oh this is a new spider-man and it seemed like it seemed like a fresh take on spider-man yeah was very like refreshing to see after having like all these like very similar Spider-Man movies. Yeah. Well, and I think, yeah. And I think with the ending of Fallen Kingdom, I think a lot of people have responded to it because it does, it does feel like it, it just kind of like the way last Jedi was, it kind of widens the um, palette of like what this type of movie could be. Like we could get a Jurassic Park film that's, like I could see one of like just blue being like the main character and maybe like it's like a stranger things or like one of those kind of things or like blue encounters like other humans on her own journey across America or whatever. She becomes someone's pet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was thinking it's she, like homeward bound. Well, I was thinking she <laughs> blue could become like a, uh, it's almost like a stranger things like where she has like, or, or like, um, she has like a gang of like animal friends. Oh, they like take her in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like she has like a raccoon buddy or it something. It was like E.T. Yeah, yeah, like E.T. or something. Well, I mean, obviously, hide Stranger the, Things was hide her in the bike. E.T., but... Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, in the closet with all the stuffed animals. She loves Reese's Pieces. Yeah. Um, or you could do, like, um, a, you could go a strong horror route kind of thing. Or you could do, like, a science, you know, thing. You could have an yeah, action I don't really know where Yeah, I don't really know where they're going to go with another Jurassic Park yeah. movie. Which is nice. I mean, yeah. it's nice to not know where something's going to go. Jurassic World 3 hits theaters 28 years after Jurassic Park's original release. 
We've got a little less than three years to go. And while I was in London, I asked filmmaker Clayton Fioriti and Jurassic Park podcast Tom Fishenden what they're going to be making slash doing in the meantime, as well as Heather Mason and I continue to discuss setting our expectations and managing hype. Also, a ray of sunshine, Courtney Menincia sums it up with her own anxieties on how Fallen Kingdom makes us burst with anticipation on where we will see our dinosaur friends in the near future. You know, obviously you make, you know, Jurassic Park related content. So, um, you know, now that this this movie cycle is going to calm down, what is what are the next three years hold for you uh, between now and Jurassic World 3? Well, hopefully those comic books they keep promising come out. Uh, I would love to talk about them and uh, I would love to examine them. Definitely Jurassic World Evolution. I think that there's going to be a lot of that game to play. When this when this movie does come out to everyone, I'll definitely be talking about it a lot more. But it will be interesting because we're going to have three years to wait. So obviously there's not going to be any real buildup until we at least see a trailer or news or something. So it will be very different. It will probably be a lot centered around the original you know, Jurassic Park. Uh Maybe I could go out and explore locations. Uh, I wanted to go to the Redwood Forest and film. I uh, wanted to go to Hawaii. Uh, less Fallen Kingdom more than likely, but Evolution, Alive, those comics, if they ever come out, God willing. <laughs> yeah, all that stuff. Well, yeah, as you say, it's going to be a very long waiting game, so a lot of counting, I suppose. Um, I want to continue doing lots of photography. I want to learn more Photoshop learn more photography techniques, continue expanding that. Obviously, we're quite lucky Mattel have said that the line will continue into 2019 and beyond, so we'll get new toys, new opportunities for photographs. But um, something I'm really passionate particularly about on our podcast is encouraging people who enjoy the Jurassic films to take part in other dinosaur activities. So I don't know if you saw, but recently I shared an article on why people should still interact with museums and why they're just as important as films. so really I think over the next three years it's going to be a fun journey in terms of working with Brad, working with Aaron, working with everyone else in the team to really now go away and say okay we've got this really cool side of content we can work with but actually what other dinosaur attractions are there that we can bring to people's attention, what cool events are there we can cover so um, an example would be Walking with Dinosaurs, they're doing a live arena tour in the UK this year and I'm going to that in August which I'm really excited about so getting to cover more events like that as well I think will be really fun so people get a Jurassic experience but also um, I suppose we broaden their horizons in terms of different things that they might want to interact with as well oh that's so awesome yeah because it is it's it's about Jurassic but it's about dinosaurs you know exactly well yeah and that's gonna be the next you know three years as we wait so (laughs) which is kind of interesting because it's like we have a much longer time to wait than say like when people are you know, looking forward to the next Star Wars movie because it's only like, at least between the like main saga, it's only like two years or a year and a half or whatever. Yeah, and the way they plan the Avengers movie is only a year. Yeah. So oh my like, gosh, if they made, made it be like three years between Infinity oh War. Oh no, that would be awful. I would hate them. But I wonder, but I wonder if that's like a benefit because like, d- like I just wonder with like, because again, like, you know, as, as well in this episode, it's like, we're going to be hearing what people want. And it's like, is that is what they're going to want? Like when you think of like the things that you really like when you're like excited for them are, is like what you're hoping to get out of it change over time, just based on like new news. Cause like, or is it more of like based on how you felt about the previous thing? And you're like, Oh, it'd be cool if it did this. Or is it 
kind of evolve as you're waiting for something. Like, does that make sense? I think, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Um, I feel like it depends on what it is, but because for X-Files, it could be like to see stuff come out in the news that. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Could be interesting storylines for X-Files that might be like, oh, it'd be cool if they explored this or whatever. But I think it mostly depends on whatever the thing came right before it or like if if things come if information comes out like while they're filming i'm just thinking about like game of thrones and how every week there's like all these new fan theories and like that's the the fan theory stuff is really it's kind of fun to like speculate in between stuff but that you only have a week of speculation between like something like game yeah. of thrones and to speculate for three years i don't know if i could like yeah sustain that no i mean and there is that element of like for me even too, where it's like, I love, I love talking about this stuff, but there is that element of like, it could get like, you can only, cause you're only like, it's, I feel like we probably, we talked about this a lot as like, we went from force awakens to last Jedi and like all this stuff where it was like, you know, where you're like, because you only know the information that you come out of the previous movie. So everything that you're guessing is only based on that, but it's not including all that new elements that they could be adding right and as they film stuff and they get they they like will release pictures of stuff then you're just like or you hear casting like oh well this person's gonna be carrie russell's gonna be in star wars so like now what what could she be like oh now i want to see carrie russell on this now now i want to see carrie russell on this scene with this person (laughs) so like that stuff could change it because then you're like oh oh if she's gonna be in this then now i want now i want like now J.J. Abrams and Carrie Russell are working together again. Oh, I want like a Felicity reunion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, totally. It's like, who else could they bring on? <laughs> well, and, and, and again, just, you know, I like that we're using all these different, you know, more current examples because I think it really is going to shape how we like move forward. But I think like a, a good thing that like we talked about over the years was I think, or, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, like at the time after Force Awakens, I was like very pro like the evidence was very like, like, let's just go with the most straightforward answer that like Luke is like his dad or whatever. And then I saw the movie and it was like, Oh no, wait, this is a much better solution. And I was open to that. I I, I forget what your, no, I, yeah, I agree. Cause I think people focus so much on the raised parents thing. And I liked that it became like a non-issue. Like I was kind of like, Oh great. They like, not like tricked us because I don't feel, I feel like it was like we made that a thing ourselves. Yeah. I don't think that they necessarily made it a thing, but it just became like a thing. Like now we all have to guess Ray's parents. Yeah. 
but it wasn't in the movie really that they made us guess Ray's parents. No. It was just like we started assuming it on ourselves and had to like figure out this puzzle. And so when it became like a non-issue, I was like, this is wonderful. It's kind of like how fan theories like like with the Game of Thrones thing. It's just that like you can have this whole big theory in the next episode it's completely ruined. Yeah. So then you're like, well, got to have a new theory now. Yeah. I know it's so hard now because it's, you know, it is one of those things where it's like, we say like, you know, don't let your expectations do this, you know, don't let your hype, don't like all that stuff. But it's, I mean, you're a person who lives in the world and it's like, you're going to be, you know, I'm very much of like, I don't like it, 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 you know, don't let your expectations, you know, just watch the movie for what it is kind of thing. But it's like, it's easier said than done, you know, and if somebody is disappointed by something then it's like, you can't really, you know, you can, you know, they can learn and read and change their mind on their own time. But like, you know, so it's like interesting now is, you know, is like the only solution to really enjoy or like enjoy a movie purely is to like not watch any previews beforehand or whatever. But then I also feel like that would rob me of like, like you're saying it is fun to speculate. It is fun to like, you know, do all that stuff. It almost feels like that's all part of now like being a, like a fandom or whatever. Yeah. As long as you're not, as long as you're okay with being proven wrong or just being wrong or like it not, not working out the way you wanted it to. Yeah. Because if you're, if you're not okay with that, then yeah, it can ruin it for you. It like really reveled in the idea of being this park and being really dramatic and humans going into this ecosystem that they totally don't understand. But then what Fallen Kingdom also did was just blew that literally with a volcano, blew that on its head and said, you know what, the gates literally of the park are broken and they're down and the park is gone, as the slogan says. And so you're just suddenly unleashing this beast into the world. And where my anxiety came from was the idea is so large. Like, it is just such a large scale idea. It is like basically you know, unleashing a ton of aliens and a ton of little alien pods onto the entire world and just kind of saying, have at it. And in in the last 10 minutes as well, like it's such a huge concept idea, especially in the post credit scene where you see they've already reached Vegas. They've already, you know, they're already in the water and everything like that, that, you know, it's either going to have to be a coexisting, how are we going to live with these animals? Or it's going to be, you know, a battle for extinction. So, a tale as old as time of humans versus dinosaurs and just a battle to see who's going to win in the food chain, which I mean, we kind of know it's going to be dinosaurs. So the idea is just so large and so intimidating to me that I'm like kind of secondhand scared for all of the filmmakers and the writers that it is, it's going to be really cool. And I'm really excited to see how they tackle it. It is just also the biggest idea ever and such a large concept that I don't know. It just it just kind of scares me. It really excites me. And I think that's where my anxiety just is kind of going to live for uh, until the next movie comes out. So while we ponder, there's freedom in not knowing what's next, to not be saddled by the baggage of behind-the-scenes photos, fake news, teasers, and eventually trailers. Jurassic Park has always been a franchise about the power of the imagination. And if we could take it into our own claws, what would our ideal Jurassic film be? Not to spoil, but we all pretty much want to live with dinosaurs. Well, that's an interesting question. 
because as I was saying to you, when I didn't like Fallen Kingdom the first time, it was because my ideal Jurassic movie used to be something that was fantastical and felt mysterious and, you know, really um, think about the Brachiosaur scene from the first Jurassic Park, for example. But now I think Jurassic needs to be a story that shows us why these creatures are important makes parallels to why creatures in our lives are important so you know species that might be going extinct like i think rhinos white rhinos i believe in africa you know different creatures who are at risk today it parallels our relationship with them but it also shows us meaningful human relationships and meaningful um characters and stories which we can relate to and which we can latch on to because i think the best films are grounded in storytelling that is relatable to things that are going on in our real lives. So that is what I'm hoping for going forwards. Emily Carmichael, if you're listening, I have faith. Please listen to what I just said. Thank you. I think I, I don't think it would be a real Jurassic Park movie because I would take all the action out of it and I'd just have everybody living as a utopia. Because that's what I really want. It's like, what would it be like for dinosaurs and humans to just coexist? Like Land of the Lost. You know, I think in a lot of ways, this new movie is hitting the notes that that are my ideal second, you know, like second best movie where uh, I like what was set up in the book, The Lost World. So I like that they're sort of playing into that again of let's go back to this island that's, you know, again, been abandoned maybe for some time. Um, I, I honestly wished that the... Um, Jurassic World had played more in in the realm of of stumbling across these old ruins of the old park and that's sort of my ideal I think Jurassic Park movie is one where we see these places that maybe we've seen through the original three you know um, but they've been dilapidated and run down. But at the same time, if you went in there in the lab, there's still things set out as if somebody was just working, you know? Ooh, yeah. I love that. Like that I would love to see more of. Um, and I, I always think that my, some of my favorite movies are these, they're sort of more psychological and more about the the human psyche in having to survive. So Alien is another movie that I really love because, and and I feel like Alien and Jurassic Park are very similar. I agree. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Because you have these people isolated, whether on an island or on a spaceship, and trying to escape this monster, yeah. whether the alien or dinosaurs, and yeah. it's all about survival and it's all about dealing with the fact that you're isolated, you know, is really interesting to me. So I would love to see another movie about people surviving, getting through the park again. And I know that's like what we've seen before, but I, th I think the freshness and the funness would come from, oh, here's, which they did in Jurassic World a little bit, but yeah. like, oh, here's the old Jeeps. And like, maybe they have to figure out how to use old technology and, you know, um, one thing that I think could be interesting is like, hey, maybe they find the Jeep that, um, oh, I forget his name, but the, uh, 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 Nedry, yeah. yeah, like, you know, we've, we've never gone back to that sort of site. Like, wouldn't it be interesting to go back to that site and like, maybe even come across this skeleton? I don't know. Yeah. You know, like that could be cool. Yeah. Um, and, and it feels like there's still there's still so much more in the island that we could see. It feels like a big place 
that yeah. you know yeah it wasn't in the book one of the books they like had to hide behind a waterfall you know and like imagine them trying to survive like an almost like castaway movie where you're on this island trying to survive so we're gonna do survivor yeah totally <laughs> survivor island nublar edition i love it i want to make a fake trailer for it yeah <laughs> what if we could get um mark what's his name the guy who like produces the like who hosts it oh my god you yeah know? and he's yeah. got like the the tiki torches and everything and it's just like Oh, but you know who should really host it, though, would be uh, the Margaritaville guy. Oh, Jimmy Buffett? Jimmy Buffett, yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) He's just got a margarita the whole time. He's just like, like, good luck, assholes. Yeah. They're like, who's winning? He's like, fuck if I know. And he's just drinking his margarita. (laughs) I think that would be the best version. Yeah. There you go. That's my ideal Jurassic Park movie. Actually, I, I, I saw that. I think you shared this as well. But the... um. Because I'm a comedy person, and I don't, I'm not saying that Jurassic Park should be a comedy. I'm, it's not appropriate, but I loved the college humor video. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, all, I've always been trying to figure out, like, oh, how can I do a funny video about Jurassic Park? And they just, like, nailed it with that. The uh, flight check in or whatever. Yeah, yeah, the, like, this is my therapy di- dinosaur. My therapy or raptor, whatever, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, a funny version of it could be interesting, but I don't think appropriate to the. I would That's love what to the spin-offs see. Are for. Yeah, I'd love to see like a parody version of Jurassic Park would be fun. So fun. Like imagine the Shaun of Dead of Shaun of the Dead but of Jurassic Park. I mean, I feel like yeah, in a trademark, world where trademark, trademark, trademark. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, but I feel <laughs> like kidding. in a world where where you know, when zombie films became so prolific that they that you needed to mm-hmm. satire the genre or transcend the genre. It's like if you know the next few Jurassic Park movies are as successful or even more successful or continue to be just as successful or more mm-hmm. then it's like we could live in a world where there are finally more dinosaur movies yeah. and twists on the genre and stuff like that yeah that'd be great totally ooh yeah really my good. ideal Jurassic Park movie is that we just have so many dinosaur movies that we get really fun meta twists and things yeah. on the genre and stuff like that I think that'd be great Dinosaurs in space, you know? You said Game of Thrones, but with dinosaurs. And, like, I love that. Like, a fantasy world where dinosaurs are very much, you know, a part of it would be great. That's what Dinotopia was, and everyone hated it. Yeah, it was shitty. Yeah. It was bad. I I did see a few episodes, and it was (laughs) bad. We're like, let's just do Dinotopia, but make it good. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's HBO could do it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what it's like. Maybe Jurassic Park eventually is just a backdoor prequel to, to a world where people live would coexist with dinosaurs in a dinotopia kind of way yeah yeah that's true i like there's your... just a lot of flowers in dinotopia that's all i remember yeah. there's like dinosaurs wearing flower crowns which i kind of like didn't the dinosaurs like talk too i think one or two of them talked yeah. i remember i don't know if you had the big like art, like the big the original book where it had the dinosaur alphabet that like different variations oh, no. of the footprints like made different letters like equal different letters in our alphabet oh man so you like write in dinosaur as I'm doing this with my hands. Yeah. That's really great for a podcast, even. <laughs> you can totally see hand. it. Yeah. I'm going to take a photo of it and share it on Instagram. Yeah. Different Integrate all the shapes. content, you know? Like, you got to follow on Instagram. You got to follow on Twitter. Yeah. You should just make your own dinosaur alphabet. There you go. That's too much work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very hung up on the idea of my ideal Jurassic World movie. 
all I really wanted from that movie was kind of what I said before that we did get to a point and I was, you know, I was in awe of it to a degree was seeing John Hammond's original vision brought to life. I wanted a more, and I still think this is one of the most perfect possible Jurassic Park sequels, but just basically seeing the same thing that happened in Jurassic Park happen on that bigger scale, which yes, I know that is what they essentially did in Jurassic World, but I almost wish I could just strip that movie down to its purest form and just, you know, follow a family visiting in the park. I do understand that you need the control room experience to really see everything break down as it happens, but like, I almost wish we could have taken out the Indominus and taken out the militaristic aspect and all of that and just left it left at a theme park, a theme park that was that was meant to, to shock and awe children and not kind of gone down that path and just gone down the path of really what appealed to me as a young moviegoer about Jurassic Park and then the nightmare that ensued, yeah. that, that ensued and, and kind of gave me nightmares after, which is this incredible thing that if it really did exist in this world, I would want a ticket to Jurassic Park and then seeing it all fall apart, I wanted that same feeling from Jurassic World. So... It's like if I if I could make my own Jurassic Park movie right now, it would probably be to and and still I love Jurassic World. I have a lot of fun watching it. It would be to redo Jurassic World with all that in mind. Yeah, yeah, no, just a day at the zoo kind of thing. Yeah, I would love it if they leaned more into creating dino people. No, um, I would love it if we had a a movie that that focused. It continued the focusing on the dinosaurs as as their own characters because I, I just really enjoyed that like not having it be oh because c- it feels like almost every JP movie up till now does have this this kind of like oh dinosaurs ah dinosaurs it's like that's sort of the, the reaction to all of it and maybe you have one or two dinos that are picked out to be sort of villain characters in a way, but um, uh, I, I really just enjoy the the kind of humanizing and the the going. No, these are animals, and in some sense, we have to learn how to we have to learn how to live in this world in a way that coexists with nature. So it's sort of taking it to the extreme, isn't it? It's like, well, okay, how more much more extreme could nature be than dinosaurs? So in a fun way, rather than just having dinosaurs isolated in this kind of wonderland island that's off, you know, that that you have to go to to be part of this adventure, it's bringing the adventure to everyone. And I would love to see the kind of reactions that just the impact that that has um, on the world. And do we do we figure out a way to deal with this or or are we now just in a a state of terror not knowing if if dinosaurs are going to show up if that if that makes any sense so i really hope that with the third movie in a couple years they kind of tie some things up they go in a new direction the one thing i actually am excited about is so because they destroyed the island and because you know so much of what Jurassic was built on is like essentially gone now. They have a great opportunity here, and I think a couple people have mentioned it online. But I mean, you can you can take it in a lot of different directions now. Um, uh, 
And so I'm really curious to see um, what Colin Trevorrow uh, and crew do with uh, the story now. Um, and I really hope that they take a good, hard look at um, environmental issues that actually impact us today. I was talking with uh, Arjan earlier about, you know, like, what is an invasive species? Is it bad? Like, what if it came in and made the environment, that ecosystem better? Like, and it's like, it's like that sort of stuff that I think they have a great opportunity to play with because that's like stuff we're really dealing with right now. Like, you got people trying to make, you know, woolly mammoths. You know, if you were to put a woolly mammoth in the middle of the tundra, is it actually going to do anything? Is it going to make things worse? Is it going to make things better? So, <clears throat> I think I think there's a lot of opportunity there. Um, <laughs> and then in terms of my dream Jurassic film, I think that the time period that Tess Sharp has set the evolution of Claire in has a lot of potential. So I'm up to chapter 12 in Evolution of Claire at the time of recording this. And I really feel as though there's a lot of potential to explore several different dynamics there. It would be interesting to see more of the park being constructed. It would be interesting to see some of the things that went wrong. It would be interesting to see Hoskins' team rounding up the animals. And it would also be interesting to get more hands-on with a fully functioning Jurassic World. Uh, actually seeing the exhibits as they were intended to be seen for a greater duration of time than we do in Jurassic World would be fantastic. Um, I definitely think there's a lot of potential in that time window, and it's not something that you have to keep strictly as an in-gen story either. You could choose to bring Biosyn back in, explore what they've been doing all this time. You could maybe look at other Jurassic Worlds that attempted to open but flopped because the technology wasn't quite to the level of Henry Wu's. There is lots and lots of potential for undiscovered canon and undiscovered lore to be explored, and I think that that is quite exciting going forwards. Obviously, we know Star Wars has been a bit rocky with the anthology films recently, but I definitely feel like there is scope and room for a good Jurassic anthology film that explores some of the ties that we still haven't seen, you know, ties? I mean story threads, bloody hell Tom. But yes, it explores some of the story threads that we haven't seen tied up yet, so we can actually kind of pick back up from where we might have left off, say, ten years ago, and actually come to a conclusive and a fulfilling end to the story. And I think any good end to a story always needs good context, so if you have the ability to go back and add context which enriches the story and doesn't take away from it, it's not going to do any harm, as far as I'm concerned at least. Um, with that said, I do hope that they are careful with Jurassic moving forwards, I don't want this to become a saturated film franchise, I don't want it to become something it's done to death, because the special thing and ultimately the unique thing about Jurassic is the fact that um, it's a self-contained story that when it's done, it is done for the most part. So Jurassic Park 1 through 3 tells quite a self-contained story, obviously there are other threads, but if we had never got Jurassic Park 4, you know, it wouldn't have been a massive deal. As bad as that sounds, um, Jurassic World obviously and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom are fantastic but they were never necessary so I hope that when it comes to the end of Jurassic World 3 and the franchise as a whole the ending feels earned and conclusive because at the end of the day we don't need the films to keep this franchise alive you can look at everything that fans are doing day in day out YouTube channels, photography, fan posters 
fan musical compositions, there really is a rich community around this franchise that will keep this alive no matter what the next film may be or when it comes out. I think my ideal Jurassic Park movie would be Lex makes some kind of triumphant return to redeem herself for all the trouble she caused in the original Jurassic Park. Every time I catch it on TV, I'm always frustrated with how reckless she is during the whole movie, but I, ultimately I know she's super clutch at the end with the hacking scene with the security system, but how great would it be to come full circle with the new generation? Also, Laura Dern as Ellie Sattler, what if she opens up like a true dinosaur habitat that protects and respects the animals somehow? That wouldn't be a very interesting film though because Dr. Sattler is perfect and nothing would ever go wrong. That's it. Love the pod, love the dinos. An ideal Jurassic Park movie to me is one that doesn't retrace every step of the original, but one that has to feel like it respects it. It has to make me feel like a kid again, more than less. It has to make me feel terrified of dinosaurs like the Velociraptor, the Tyrannosaurus. It has to make me feel terrified of even some scary stuff like a car falling from a tree or something, but also has to make me understand and remember why I loved dinosaurs as a kid so much. Um, you know, herbivores, brachiosaur scenes, scenes about paleontology, scenes about uh, DNA, science, uh, ethical questions. To me, a, a perfect Jurassic Park movie is exciting but intelligent, and I think that's that's all I can ask for. couldn't have imagined what a breathtaking, surprising, and deeply rewarding season one this has been. To conclude this season, Heather and I close out our chat discussing the ebb and flow of our own passions, managing this life Jurassic, so to speak. Plus, I wanted to reprise Stephanie Franciotti, aka Sleepover's deliriously dreamy cover of John Williams' Jurassic Park theme. I'm so happy this has been a podcast about Jurassic Park and you, and I as well. So thank you. And I'll see you next season. Do you feel like with Jurassic Park, it's been the same level of obsession your whole life? Or do you feel like there's like peaks and valleys? Oh, no. I mean, no. I mean, it was like it was biggest when I was a kid and then all throughout, uh, you know, junior high. Like, I mean, really, like because Jurassic Park 3 came out in 2001. It was like right before I entered my freshman year. And because that movie was like essentially a disappointment for a lot of people, you know, and, and not me. It, it, yeah, it's my, it's your favorite. Well, it's uh, it's Britney's favorite. Yeah. Uh, your sister. But um, uh, you know, like because there was because that kind of was like a low point, then it just felt very natural to just like move on to other things. And then it really wasn't until the 20th anniversary. I'm like I'm making a little like graph with my hand right now, yeah. uh, the little bell curve. <laughs> um, but it really wasn't until the 20th anniversary kind of like reignited this. You know, and that's another element that I think is part of this is that there's a lot like I think people who are creative and it, they might not necessarily create things, but they have like a creative mind. I think that really affects how you approach, how you feel about stuff where it is like you want to be a problem solver. You want to be like, well, if they did this or that or like 
they can do this better. You're having that critical eye. But yeah, so it wasn't until like uh, the 20th anniversary and then I saw it again. It really was like, okay, like I want this to be like a thing. And then it's like writing the book and then Jurassic World comes out and then, yeah, you know, starting this podcast and stuff. And then it was like, okay, well now I'm like involved, like not literally in the films, but just involved in like this space or whatever. And so it's interesting for me because I've never really been kind of active in this way before. And so this whole year of like having to like be part of all of it has been very like strange in some ways because it's like. I'm somebody that's like, yeah, go team. But it's like, that's not necessarily sustainable either, you know? Yeah, I think, and I think that's normal. You're not going to be able to sustain the exact same level of like, like when I was watching the X-Files and like binging it, I was watching it constant. Like I watched too much of it, Yeah, honestly. It was like two weeks and I was like, how did I get through four seasons? Like, yeah, I was like watching 10 hours a day and that is not sustainable. Like yeah. you can't physically, like I can't be that like into something for that long of a time things come into your life at certain points for certain reasons that you're like oh i'm really obsessed with this at this point and and maybe i don't even know why like maybe i don't even know what it is and then later i'll be like oh yeah i remember that part of my life when i that six months that i was really into x files and then then i might like forget and be like oh yeah like think back on that time what was that part of my like the same way that music like can you can remember a specific like oh i remember where i heard this song and i was in middle school and blah blah blah. it's the same thing i can i can remember that six months or whatever that i was like super into x files and remember all the things that happened during that time and like oh yeah like i was like star wars came out that that yeah yeah. (laughs) that's that december and like all of the, like I think of it more like that and less of like I'm not like quitting X-Files but there's definitely like I'm not as into it as I was yeah like two years ago yeah <laughs> for sure yeah and it's I mean that's the thing for me where it's like you know I didn't even think I like I didn't even know what I was gonna do once this is done you know that this is the last episode of the season but it's like I, more than ever now I want to keep doing it you know and so like that's been kind of a fun surprise where I didn't I thought this was going to be like a fun experiment. And then I was just like, okay, cool. Like ready to move on. But it's like, I feel like I have more to say about it more than ever, which is to me is a really good feeling. Well, yeah. And you have like, I think it's been cool because you've had all these people like say different ways that the movies have impacted them. And that's just like a whole, like that could go on forever, you know, like listening to people talk about that stuff. I'm like a nostalgic vampire, just like (laughs) sucking their lifeblood. Like, tell me more stories from your childhood. Because that kind of works like that's interesting for everybody, I think. Like I was, I would love to hear anybody's like stories of how anything, like any kind of media or whatever has impacted them. Like that's something that's always interesting. So it's not going to be. It doesn't have to end like, oh, what, this movie came out, so we're done. Yeah. Well, and I think for me that, I mean, that really just hits home for like why I'm even doing this because it's like there almost is going to be an ebb and a flow of like how much you like something, but your memories of how that thing impacted you are always going to be there. Like those things have happened. And so those are always going to be something you can look back on, whereas your feelings of the films might change. And, yeah. you know, stuff like that. And, and new movies might come out and you don't like them or you might love them or whatever. But it's almost like, yeah, well, when I was six, you know, uh, and for Christmas, I got, you know, all the Jurassic Park toys like that is going to be like forever, you know. 
Like yeah, that's like, an, what, like if I hated all the movies afterwards, nothing can ever take away from how special that Christmas was for me. It, it, we're we're in a space now with you know Jurassic Park in particular, where now we're just we want to look forward, and we're like already back into that. Like, all right, now we're excited for the next one, and it's just. I don't know. I just almost like, how am I going to survive the next three years? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's hard to be in that like constant state of something's coming next. <laughs> yeah. But I think like the, the benefit of, uh, as I'm writing this note down, um, I think the benefit in some ways of this podcast, or it'll be an interesting experiment is, uh, because there, you know, however long I keep it going, there's going to be at least two seasons where the end of the season isn't going to be like, okay, now this new movie has come out. So it'll be interesting to like, what's that going to look like versus, you know, because again, it's like in between things when the, when the hype of this new thing has subsided, like what keeps you going as a fan is it, it, does it become this more casual? Like, well, this is just something that I'm glad that's in my life. You know, like, oh, I can just put on an episode of the X-Files and just enjoy it and it not have to be like, oh, I'm watching it because like the new season's coming out or I'm going to catch up. It's like, how do you evolve yeah. as a fan to where, like to where this, w- what space is it in, you know, or being in a fandom that is like dead essentially where it's like, yeah, there's not going to be any more new things. But I mean, is that even a thing anymore? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Is that even possible? Yeah, because it's <laughs> like they're going to put out a new Lord of the Rings TV show now and it's like, oh, my God, my whole Lord of the Rings fandom is going to start up again, you know? Yeah, or like I'm really into the West Wing and like I remember watching it when I was in high school and now I listen to the West Wing podcast and they like go back through all the episodes, which is really cool. But they also like talk to Aaron Sorkin. They're like, would you ever do more West Wing? And he's like, sure. If there comes like, if if I write something and I'm just like, could there be more West Wing? Yeah. <laughs> now I'm like, oh, what are they going to do? Like, is it the same people? Like, where are they going to go? What, I wonder what yeah. they've been doing for the last 10 years, the characters. Yeah. Like, am I back into the West Wing fandom now? It's been gone for like 10 years and now I'm, now I'm back. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah, I don't know. And it, yeah, and it seems like that is, like we said earlier, I think that's just part of it is just like getting to like having things to look forward to is nice, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's like the natural like ebb and flow. Yeah. Like you're going to be more into it at some point than others and then some news will come out and you'll be like oh my gosh now i'm really excited again yeah and that's fine yeah you, you don't need to spend all of your day every single day thinking about jurassic park unless you have a jurassic park podcast yeah yeah and then you do yeah then it's my job <laughs> then you have to then it's my job so yeah who knows who knows what the the next few years will bring three years is a long time though yeah that's hard to even think about three years in the future, honestly. I probably forget about it. And then in like a, whenever the first like footage comes out or they say that they started filming, I'll be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, to be honest, that's really when it picks up. I mean, you know, just as we're recording, they like released the first like still behind the scenes of episode nine. And it's like, we're back. You yeah. know, like <laughs> I was like, oh, wait, it's been like six months since i even thought about that episode nine yeah and now it's happening i'm like i'm getting my i'm getting my chaps and my stirrups <laughs> getting my cowboy hat and it's like all right i'm back in this rodeo again you know and yeah i guess it'll be fun so that's that's when it becomes real again i feel like you know yeah once they start filming stuff again so i feel like anything can break down until they start filming <laughs> yeah <laughs> like... possibilities are endless Blue's going to talk in the next movie. Oh my gosh, yes. You know? Hello, my name is Blue. If the entire next movie is silent and it's just Blue on an adventure, 
That would be insane, but I'd be I'd be down for it. I'd watch it. Yeah. All right. Universal. Emily Carmichael, Colin Trevorrow, Frank Marshall. <laughs> you heard it. Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> He's got a producer credit on the next one. No. Um, it's gonna all take place in Margaritaville. Yes. They build an entire park called Margaritaville, and that's where the dinosaurs are now. <laughs> and they just get them all drunk on margaritas. They're peaceful now. Look, we have ideas. <laughs> yeah. Call us. We've got three years to, to work it out. So, Drunk dinosaurs. That's the idea. You heard it here first. Cool. Thanks, Heather. Anytime in the next three years. <laughs> This has been episode 15 of See Jurassic Right. My guests on this week's episode and future episodes were Heather Mason. You can follow her on Twitter at NerdHeather. Perry Nemiroff. You can follow her on Twitter at P. Nemiroff. Ash Blodgett. You can follow her on Twitter at Ashes Stash. Luce Tomlin Brenner. You can follow her on Twitter at LTB Comedy. Clayton Fioriti. You can follow him at Clayton Fioriti. Tom Fishenden. You can follow him at Tom underscore Jurassic. Michelle Oddish. You can follow her at Michelle Oddish, uh, that's Oddish like the Pokemon. Dax Schaefer, you can follow him on Twitter at Dax Schaefer. Courtney Medincia, you can follow her on Instagram at Little Medincia. Chris Pugh, you can follow him at Chris Likes Dinos. Sarah McNulty, you can follow her on Twitter at Sarah McAttack. Nick, aka Ya Boy Jurassic, you can follow him at Ya Well Boy Jurassic. And Lauren Ho, you can follow her on Twitter at L underscore Ho. While season two is currently in the works, release date TBD. 
be on the lookout for the next Minnesota week from today, next Wednesday. Also, while we wait for season two, I will continue to put out Minisodes, Raptor Reactions, and premiering new segments as well. We've got a while between now and Jurassic World 3, but there's still plenty to talk about and get excited about. And you can support See Jurassic Right on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash Right. I really want season two to be even bigger and better than season one, and supporting me on Patreon is the best way to do it, so thank you. Also, please join the See Jurassic Right Facebook group by searching See Jurassic Right Podcast on Facebook. Amazing conversations from listeners like you are happening every day, so don't miss it. Now, I have two questions for you. If you want to tweet at me, call in, or leave a voicemail before the next few minisodes, these questions are... How are you planning to pass the time between now and Jurassic World 3's release in 2021? And what would you like to see explored in Season 2 of See Jurassic Right? 65 million years of waiting Well, oh yeah Well, alright Well, oh yeah Now you can also interact with me and the show by following me on Twitter at Stephen Ray Morris and following SJRPod on Twitter, See Jurassic Ride on Instagram, See Jurassic Ride on Facebook, or you can send me an email at seejurassicride at gmail.com. Not only am I looking forward to talking to people about their Jurassic Park experiences and hearing yours, but I also am going to be sharing ephemera from my childhood and, oh God, I'm going to share the fan fiction uh, on there as well and pictures and toys and everything. It's going to be great. And I wanted to thank Caitlin Thompson and Tim Ruggery at ACAST, Molly McAleer, Heather Mason, Stephanie Cook, Sarah Iyer, and you. See Jurassic Right is an ACAST podcast. Check out the show on their mobile app. And thank you for listening. Until next time. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.